0: Directly into the word, you know, what we, we see a lot in the world today, and we, we see ministers that not so much are falling into sin, but, uh, you know, making statements that are not, just not in alignment with the word. And uh, over the years, I've had people ask me, you know, I'll, I'll talk with pastors and pastors even in our fellowship. And they'll say, "What is the most important thing that a pastor has to do It's real simple teach doctrine that's 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 so simple if 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 your doctrine isn't right, then nothing else will be right the The problem with a lot of ministers is they're a hundred miles wide and about a quarter inch deep and You've got to spend time looking at what the Word says about the doctrine of the church, the doctrine of the Word of God. What Paul told Timothy, the first thing that he said, he said, till I come, he said, you know, give your attention to reading and give it to doctrine. Uh, The Scripture says, Paul told Timothy, he said, every word of God is God-breathed, and he said, it's profitable for doctrine." All right? And my point in saying that is once your doctrine turns wrong, it's a domino effect. Where do you stop? All right? And and once you believe wrong in one area, then it's just a matter of time before you believe wrong in this area. And it 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 doesn't matter who says it. It doesn't matter what size church they have or how popular they are, if wrong is wrong. And that's why God gives you a local church. That's why God gives you pastors, uh, because that's where you come and hear your doctrine. I, I've, I've kind of faced some flack for this statement over the years, but I'll, I'll make it again. You know, there are people that they, they go home and they judge their pastor based on what their television preacher said. And most of the time, their television preacher's not a pastor. He's not preaching doctrine. And the person that's laboring to watch over their soul gets less attention than the person on the television. Now, I can say that because I'm on television. All right? But here, here's 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 the point. When your doctrine is right, you're safe. You're safe. And, and uh, you know... Read your Bible. Don't just read your Bible, and you'll be safe. Amen? We want to continue tonight with this that we've been on, uh, the dimension of faith, but we've been looking at the subject of authority and the role that the name of Jesus plays in this. And uh, Brother Hagin said this one time, he said, if we have a low estimation A low respect for the name will not expect expect much, because we don't know what belongs to us. If I have a low expectation, a low respect for the name of Jesus, I won't expect very much, because I won't know what belongs to me. And I I made the statement a couple times in this series that you know the name of Jesus is not just the tag that we put on our prayer over our food. It's not how you end a prayer. It's a statement of what I'm doing. I'm blessing this food in Jesus' name. I'm believing that you're healed in Jesus' name. And this is so important. What does it mean when we say, in Jesus' name? What does it mean when we say, in Jesus' name? There's three things that it means. Number one, it means we're coming in his name as his representative. We're coming in his name as his representative. I represent him. I represent him. When I say in Jesus name, I'm coming as his representative. I'm coming in his name. Hallelujah. That's that that's the power of attorney concept and mindset. And when E.W. Kenyon was ministering in Tennessee and the the lawyer said You know, if words mean anything, it sounds to me like you're talking about the power of attorney. And he said, well, what is the value of the power of attorney? And the man said, it depends upon how much there is back of it, how much authority, how much power the name presents. All right. So, number one, we're coming in his name as his representative. Number two. We're authorized to speak for him. We're authorized to speak for Jesus. The Bible says that when Jesus appointed other 70, he told them what to do and what to say and sent them forth, sent them forth in his authority, sent them forth in his name. So number one, we are coming in the name as his representative. Number two, we're authorized to speak for him. Thirdly, his ability, it means, what does it mean when we say in Jesus' name? It means that his ability stands behind our request or our declaration because I'm there in his name. And that's why the scripture tells us, we'll get into it in future messages, that's why scripture tells us whatever you do, do it all in Jesus' name because it's his. Ability that stands behind our request or our destination or our our declaration In the legal arena, that's called the power of attorney And the person with power of attorney can do business in the name of the person that they represent Or that they represent When they're in the room, they're a different person, but they're there in the name of that person And so when someone lays hands on me in the name of Jesus, it's it's as if Jesus is laying hands on me because they're doing it in his name. In John 16, verse 23, we'll begin in verse 23. The Amplified Bible reads this way. And when that time comes, you will ask nothing of me. You'll need to ask me no questions. I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, that my Father will grant whatever you ask in my name as presenting all that I am. So the name presents all that Jesus is. When God said in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 14, when he said, Moses said, who should I say sent me? And he said, tell them the I am sent you. I am That's the blank check. Whatever you need me to be, I am that. And Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, because that name presents all that I am. When you ask in his name, you're you're, you're presenting to the Father all that Jesus is. He said, up to this time you've not asked a single thing in my name. As presenting all that I am. But now ask and keep on asking. And you'll receive so that your joy, your gladness, your delight may be full and complete. Now what this these verses do is it places prayer on a purely legal basis. A purely legal basis. Meaning Jesus has given us the legal right to use his name. When I ask in the name of Jesus... It's a, legal, it's a legal issue because I've been given the authority to use his name. I've been granted the right to have the power of attorney to use that name. And when I go to the Father in the name of Jesus, it's a legal issue with the Father. This person is coming in the name of Jesus That presents all that he is. And notice what Jesus said. He'll grant whatever you ask. Do you see that? Now that's, that's what the scripture says. Now religion. And well meaning people. They say well. You know there's different answers to prayer. There's yes. There's no. And there's wait. Or maybe. That's not what Jesus said. If if the name of Jesus was that powerless, we could never get anything done with it. Because Jesus said, notice what he said, whatever you ask in my name, the Father would do it for you. My Father will grant whatever you ask in my name. Because you're there in the name As a representative, see that's 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 where uh, uh, religious people miss it. They'll say, "You guys think you're just bossing God around." I'm not bossing God around. I'm there in a legal status with a legal right to receive whatever I ask because I'm there in the name of Jesus. A lack of understanding of the name causes your prayer to be ineffective. All right? Because I'm I'm not praying trying to get God to do something. I'm praying in the name of Jesus, and I'm assuming a legal stance and a legal role as the representative, legal representative of Jesus. And the Father will do whatever I ask in the name. That's, that's why it's so important to see, read what Jesus said about prayer. He said, my father always hears me. My father always, remember that? You know where that verse is? My father always hears me. And he'll always do what I ask him to do. This, that's so important. That's you. That's you. My father always hears me. Because I'm there in the place of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's go over to Hebrews chapter 1. There's a threefold greatness of the name of Jesus. And uh, in verse 1 of Hebrews chapter 1, God, who has sundry times or different times, Different seasons, and in diverse manners, spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. But he has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Who, being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels. As he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. First of all, there's there's threefold greatness of his name. The first thing is that Jesus acquired his name by inheritance. It was his inheritance. Philippians chapter 2 says that... uh, because he was willing to humble himself and take on the guise of a servant and humble himself and become obedient to death, even the death of the cross, that God has highly exalted him and granted unto him the name. That's above every name. He acquired his name by inheritance. And notice it says he obtained a more excellent name. He obtained a more excellent name. Than the angels. In Philippians 2. We just quoted part of this. And verse 9. Wherefore God also has highly exalted him. And given him the name. Which is above every name. Now, this is important because we'll sing songs about this. You know, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. This is true. This is what the scripture says. But you've got got to understand, we have been given legal right to the name that's above every name. And so this is not just something that's in our arsenal well, you know, at the name of Jesus, you know, cancer's a name. This is a name. At the name of Jesus, it has to bow. But you've you got to understand, the name is not just out there working on its own. I'm there in the name. Right? When when I say something has to bow in my life, in the name of Jesus, my mind I have to see Jesus there. If Jesus told something to change in your life and you could physically see him, you 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 would believe it's changing because Jesus said it. You hear what I'm saying? But when you're there in his name as his representative, Jesus is saying it through you. The name, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, when the name of Jesus is mentioned, when the name of Jesus is invoked, at that name, notice, every knee should bow of things. Now, you'll see that the word things there is in italics. The better rendering is beings, B-E-I-N-G-S, of beings in heaven and beings in earth and beings under the earth. Hallelujah. So the beings in heaven bow, the beings in earth bow, and the beings under the earth bow. Why? Because I'm invoking the name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's that's why, in all honesty, we should never use that name flippantly. Amen. Right? Tell you what. In the name of Jesus. No, it's it's there's a seriousness that comes with that. This is the name above every name. Right? And what do we expect things to do? What do we expect beings to do? Bow. Right? And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Well, that's not talking, just, that's not talking about when you get to heaven. There are no beings to subdue in heaven when you get there. That's talking about in the present, every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In other words, when you begin to use the name of Jesus, all the circumstances in your life have to align themselves and declare that Jesus is Lord. They're not Lord, Jesus is Lord. Poverty can't be Lord, Jesus is Lord. Sickness can't be Lord. Jesus is Lord. Amen. Do do you see that? And, and, And those beings will confess that. That Jesus is Lord. So, number one, he inherited his name. Number two, God gave Jesus his name. He inherited it. And then God gave him that name. Now this was a name known in heaven. But was kept until someone worthy of it came. Name known in heaven. God gave him his name. It was conferred on him by the father. It was a name known in heaven. Just waiting on One worthy to come and claim it. Hallelujah. In Ephesians 1. Glory to God. The things of God have to be made much of. Uh. They're, they're, I've talked to ministers before and they say we don't see a lot of moving of the Holy Spirit in our church. Uh, you don't make much of him. if you don't make much of him, he's not going to move much. In, in services you have to consistently honor the person of the Holy Spirit have to consistently honor him because, because he won't move he won't move and make much of himself he has to be welcomed. He has to be honored. The same for the name of Jesus. Jesus said, Where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm there. I'm there in the midst. I have to make much of the name. Hallelujah. In Ephesians 1 and verse 17, this is Paul's prayer, and he says, That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, May give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What the riches of the glory of his inheritance is in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. According to the working of his mighty power. The might of his power. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above. All. Principality, and power, and might, and dominion, and every name that is named. Not only in this world, but in that which is to come. Verse 21 in the Amplified Bible says, Far above all rule, and authority, and power, and dominion, and every name that is named, above every title that can be conferred, Not only in this age and this world, but in the age and the world which are to come. Oh, hallelujah. So thirdly, God set Jesus above every title that can be conferred. Hallelujah. Every title that can be conferred. And notice it says, he set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Well, we're seated there as well. By virtue of what? Being in Christ. I'm in Christ. Being in Christ delivers to me the right to use the name because I'm in Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Every title. That can be conferred. Look at Colossians chapter 2. You know, there's things I, I remember when, when I was growing up as a boy. And, uh, of course, I was raised Pentecostal. Praise God. And, uh, uh, but there, there were things that, uh, you know, somehow the, the, the church moves away from. Right? You know, preachers today mostly want to make people shout. So they have a lot of bywords. Something's coming. A move's coming. It's about here. It's coming around the corner. Right? And people shout, people shout about nothing. A lot of times they can't even hear what's being said, they're too busy screaming. What'd he say? Oh, I don't know. Must have been good though. Everybody was shouting. Now I'm not again shouting. Don't get me wrong. But but there's two things that 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 I remember very strongly. Number one was the blood. Them folks were constantly pleading the blood. I mean, slinging blood. Right. Just I plead the blood. I tell you, you're not going to have my child. I plead the blood against you, devil. I plead the blood over my house. I plead the blood. Amen. And secondly, and not less important, and this is not necessarily in the order, but the name of Jesus. It, it, it becomes such a stigma. If you talk too much about the name of Jesus, well, what is, are you oneness? The early church made much of the name. I got to make much of the name. The name is not a title. The name is not a title. It's the source of power. The name. My name denotes something. All right? My, My name... Means something. When you say Philip Steele, my that that means something. And here's what it means: it means I'm Michelle's husband. It means I'm Liliana's dad. It means I'm their provider. It means right? I, it means I'm your pastor. My name is what carries that authority. Pastor is a title, not a name. Philip Steele is a pastor. You understand? I'm saying? Pastor's a title. My name is Philip Steele. If my name's no good, my title's no good. Amen. Jesus' name is not a title. Jesus' name contains all that he is. Amen. And because the name is good... And because the name is powerful. And because the name has never lost a battle. And because the name has stood the test of time. No matter what you put up against the name, the name wins. The name wins. You know, think about this. Remember the seven sons of Sceva? And it says they took it upon themselves to call over some that were possessed in the name of Jesus. Now, here's what I want you to understand, though. Here's what I want you to see. Now, we all know the end result, right? They ran out of the house wounded and naked. Hmm. But but think about this. They said, we adjure you in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches. to come out of that man. Now, watch. Uh, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. I don't know you. In other words, I know Jesus was authorized by the Father. I know Paul was authorized to use the name of Jesus. But I know you're not authorized to use that name. But they knew the name. Because every being in the earth, under the earth, in heaven, must bow its knee to the name of Jesus. It's not a wrestling match with the devil. you got to bow. Right? This isn't a tug of war. Your family's dangling on one end of the rope and the devil's pulling for all he's worth and you're just speaking in tongues no in the name of Jesus right? hallelujah Woo. Colossians 2 and 15 and having spoiled principalities and powers, He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. The Amplified Bible says God disarmed, God disarmed the principalities and powers that were ranged against us and made a bold display and public example of them in triumphing over them in him and in it the cross. So notice, Jesus holds the highest position in the universe. And we represent Him. Our faith in, the, in this finished victory, it does something. It causes power to be released when we operate in His name. So so notice this, I've got to talk less about the enemy and his fight and more about the victory in the name. If I could get us to see, he said here, God disarmed the principalities and power. They don't have any armament. Now some of y'all look at me like a dog in a new dish. I know what that means. I gave Trixie a new dish, and then she was like, hmm Well, if I want that. But but the point is, does it say he disarmed them? Jesus said, When a strong man is armed and keeps his house, he's safe. But when a stronger than him comes, he takes away from him all the armor that he trusted in. Now, that's not word of faith theology. That's Bible 101. That's good doctrine. The enemy has been, if either he lost his authority where we're concerned or he did not. And if he did, we're in charge. And if he didn't, Jesus is a liar, God is a liar, and the Bible's not true. Throw it away. If, if, if that didn't happen, if the enemy did not, see, think about this. It doesn't mean he's not going to attempt something, but he has no power to see it through. Because all power has been given to you. That's why he's got to have your help to make it happen. Glory to God. I was teaching Tuesday in in healing school about having uh, uh, trusting in healing redemption. And 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 we were talking about getting away from the question. Because the question gets you chasing your tail and gets you focused on the wrong thing. The disciples came to Jesus and said, who, who sinned that this man was born blind? Him or his parents? And Jesus said, neither one of them sinned. He said, he, he, he's born blind, but I'm going to work the works of God in him. And notice, Jesus was our example on the earth. And when he told that man to go and wash and come forth seeing, blindness did not stand up and say, I'm not going. It went. Did, do you understand? I've, I've, I'm going to say this, and I want to say it right because I want you to understand. We need to confess the word. We need to declare the scriptures over us. That's, that's right. That's true. I do it every day. We need to do it every day. But you need to put more faith in the name that you represent than in the amount of scriptures you quote over yourself. Amen. Do you see this? I've got to start off by exercising the name. This is is what the scripture says. And so notice he's been disarmed. Look look at Hebrews 2 real quick. Let me look at my time. Oh, I got time. Praise the Lord. We read this the other night, but but I want you to see this. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he himself also likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. All right? He had it. Hebrews 2.14, he had the power of death. The word destroy is to render inoperative, is what the Woost Bible says. The Greek says paralyzed. Other versions say stripped. Now get that picture. That's God's idea of the enemy. Well, the devil fights, but he doesn't have the power to bring to pass what he's trying to do. Because he doesn't have the armament anymore. He's got to use your powerful weapons against you. Because when you say, for instance, when Jesus stood up in the boat and he calmed the wind and the waves and he, and he said to the wind, uh, die down. And he said to the, to the, to, or to the wind, peace be still. And he, and he told the waves to go back to their original reason for existing. You know, we say, well, that was Jesus. That was an exhibition of how you use the name. In the name of Jesus, settle down. Amen. And he said that the enemy, notice, has been destroyed, paralyzed, brought to nothing. So everything the devil tried to do. His rebellion in heaven. A third of the angels coming with him. His, his, uh, all the things that he did in the garden. According to scripture, it's all come to nothing. Because Jesus came and fixed it. And what the devil undid, Jesus fixed. And he received a name above every name. So it's really an oxymoron for a believer to talk about how the devil's fighting so much. And to focus on the pressure of the fight when there's no armament to carry out the job. It's just a threat. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Because the enemy thrives on pressure. Pressure. Putting pressure, pressure on your mind, pressure on your circumstances. But he doesn't have any power to carry it out. And that's why if you just keep casting your cares over on him, there's nothing he can do. Hallelujah. There is There is salvation in the name. Matthew chapter 1. And uh, verse 21, the first remarks about Jesus being born when the angel was speaking to Joseph and he said concerning Mary, she shall bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus or Savior for he will save his people from their sin. Name denotes position. And His name means Savior. So there's salvation in the name. But we know that word is not just referring to eternal salvation. It's not just returning to, uh, 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 referring to salvation from hell. It's referring to life. It's referring to the word soteria. Uh, it's, where, it's, it's where we get the, the idea of completeness and wholeness and protection and health and deliverance. All in the name. Amen. All in the name. There's not salvation in any other name. Amen. You, you can't get victory in any other name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 Peter here filled with the Holy Ghost started preaching and he said neither is there salvation in any other for there is no other name under heaven given among men Whereby we must be saved, the Roos Bible says, "There's not even another name under heaven which has been given among men by means of which we can be saved." Hallelujah! Y'all still with me? Yes, sir. It's seven fifty-one. If you're taking medicine, (laughs) Hallelujah. There's not even another name under heaven. Which has been given among men by means of which we can be saved. Salvation only in the name. Hallelujah. So I can be saved from whatever I'm dealing with by the name. If I need saving, the name will get it done. That's why when you were born again, you called on the name of Jesus. Because that's the Savior. Hallelujah. And so whatever you need saving from, the name will save you. Hallelujah. Now, in Matthew 28. Matthew chapter 28. Hallelujah. Verse 19. We'll start in verse 18. Jesus came. And spake to them and said all power all authority. Is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go therefore. And teach all nations. Or make disciples or make Christians of all nations. Baptizing them in the name. Of the father and of the son. And of the Holy Ghost. Now. Small wars have been fought over this verse. Because Jesus said, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. But then in the book of Acts, Peter said, baptize them in the name of Jesus. Paul said, baptize them in the name of Jesus. So are Peter and Paul, they disagreeing with Jesus? Because if they are, we got to throw away what they wrote. No. That the answer is in this baptizing them in. The Greek rendering is baptizing them into the name, into the authority of the name. When you were baptized, it was not just a sign that you were born again, it was a sign that you had received authority. It was a public display that this person is now baptized into the name. Hallelujah. See, the people in the in the in the cities in the in the New Testament, the epistles, the four gospels, Acts, all the way through the epistles, they saw something in the people that they didn't see in any other religious sect. It was the working of the name. Remember what the Bible says? It says they were called Christians first at Antioch. Well, I know Christ means the anointed one and his anointing, but it was a reference to Jesus. These people are going and doing the same works Jesus did. And they called them Christians. When, 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 when they were having a problem with Paul and his companions they went to the magistrate of the city and they said these men that have turned the world upside down have come here amen inside of 50 years after Jesus went to heaven inside of 50 years the gospel went to the entire known world what were they preaching the name that's what the early church had was the name. They didn't have the Pauline epistles. Peter didn't know who he was in Christ in Acts chapter 3. He just used the name. He didn't know who he was in Christ when he was walking down the street and people got him got people close enough to him that his shadow would touch him. And, and if they got within that, that range, the, the anointing hit them and they got healed. And it says everyone that they set in the street was healed. And you know what I don't see the early church doing? Talking about how the devil's fighting. They they got straightly threatened. There are Christians that you know that have never so much had anybody poke fun at them for being a Christian. They were straightly threatened not to preach or teach in that name anymore. You are filling the city with his name. You're trying to bring this man's blood on our head. Don't teach or preach anymore in that name. And they went back to their own company and lifted up their voice and said, Father, behold their threatenings and grant us boldness. And reach out your hand to heal in the name of your holy child, Jesus. They met every confrontation with the name. Amen. Amen. And it took the church thousands of years to start testifying about how the devil's giving me a hard time. Hallelujah. Well, Peter said he's roaming about. He did. He said he's roaming about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith. James said, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Hallelujah. If you talk all the time about what a hard time the devil's giving you, you're giving him license to keep doing it. Because your words are your authority. Hallelujah. Well, I told him to leave and he didn't leave. I got a story for you. Brother Hagin, early in his ministry, you remember in uh, 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 the Lord... And I think it was 1952 in Rockwall, Texas. Uh, he got caught up to heaven, and I'm not preaching this for for doctrine or for gospel, but it, it bears in, in uh, interjecting it here for the purpose of what we're talking about. And and while he was in heaven, the Lord Jesus laid his uh, took the finger of his uh, hand and put it in the palm of his hand, and said, "I'm giving you this healing anointing." And he said, "When you pray for people," He said, you put your hands on either the side of them. He said, if the fire jumps back and forth, he said, that malady's being called by, caused by a demon spirit. And he said, you call them out in my name and they'll go. Right? And he said, you got to tell them that I said this to you. And he, and he did. And he said he was in a meeting one time and he called people up and he's praying for people. And this guy come up and had tuberculosis of the spine, couldn't bend over. And he was standing there in the line, and he said, I put my hands on either side of him. I felt that fire jump. And he said, so I knew what it was. So I stepped back, and I said, you foul spirit, come out of him in the name of Jesus. And then I said, now, brother, try to bend over and see if you can touch your toes. Nothing happened. He said, so I prayed for him again. prayed for him about three times. Nothing happened. Finally, he said, I let him go. He went on back to his seat. And he said, I I turned around to go back up on the platform. And Jesus was standing on the platform. And he said, Jesus looked at me and said, I told you that you would call those demons out in my name and they would leave. He said, I said, Lord, I did that. And he didn't go. And Jesus said, I said they would go. He said, Lord, I I did that, and nothing happened. And he said, I think I knew what Jesus looked like when he drove the money changers out of the temple. He said, he pointed his finger at me and said, but I said they would go. And he said, I saw it. I saw it. He said, I called that brother back down. I said, brother, come back down here. He said, I laid my hands on either side of him, and I said, all right, you foul spirit, out you go in Jesus' name. And then he said, I changed it. I didn't say, now see if you can. I said, now, brother, bend over and touch your toes. That that's been causing you the problem is gone. Bend over and touch your toes. And sh- sure enough, he did. See, Jesus said, in my name, they will cast out devils. So he said, that's what we do. I don't ever see the early church talking about the devil. How bad he's fighting. What a rough time he's given us. You don't ever see Paul write and say, Now, brethren, y'all pray for us because the devil's just pounding our head. Y'all pray for us that we'll keep our strength in the Lord and just hold on till the going on comes on. Because we're coming up on the rough side of the mountain no right he said there's an open door for me and there's many adversaries they're there but I have the name I have the name the enemy does not have the authority to make happen what he's threatening with I hope you understand what I'm saying with that The the devil tries to put pressure on all of us. But he doesn't have the power to make it happen. I have been given the use of the name that has all power. Oh, hallelujah. Acts uh, 2, 38. You know this verse. Then Peter said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. In the name. The name is ours to use in prayer. In in, uh, John 14. We'll look at this real quick. You can't give the name a light treatment. John 14, 13. Whatever you ask in my name. That will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Is that what he said? John 15, 16. You have not chosen me, I've chosen you and ordained you, that you should go and bring forth fruit, and your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Now this puts prayer not only on a legal ground, but it makes it a business proposition. Here's what I mean. When we pray, we take Jesus' place to carry out his will, and he takes our place before the Father. When we pray, we take Jesus' place to carry out his will, and he takes our place before the Father. And then finally, the name enables us to distribute Jesus' power. Mark chapter 16. And uh, verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They'll cast out devils. One translation says, these signs shall accompany them that believe. Accompany. I like accompany better than follow. Follow seems to... Suggest they're just kind of tagging along behind these signs. Accompany us because we believe in the name. In my name, they'll cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents if they drink any deadly thing and are not hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. That's the distribution of Jesus' power because we believe in the name. One last verse here. Notice James five. This is this is something that I think sometimes is missed that James said here about this. Uh, James five fourteen. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And what will happen? The prayer of faith will save the sick. The prayer of faith in what? In the name. The prayer of faith to save the sick, the Lord will raise him up. That's the distribution of the the power of Jesus. And any believer can do that. Any believer can do that. And and I'll, I'll wrap it with this. It's not that the church... It's not a lack of finances in the church. It's not a lack of uh, ideas or creativity. It's a lack of the name. When you do everything in his name, everything, everything from the start to finish, we're doing it in the name of Jesus. We're representing Jesus. The power will be there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's stand up tonight.